construction, golf news, equipment, travel, interviews, course profiles, and more. Your weekly fix of all things golf is about to begin. It's the Flagstick Podcast with your hosts, Jeff Bonner and Scott McLeod. And welcome, golfers. After a uh, one-week hiatus, we'll call it, uh, to the Flagstick Podcast, presented, as always, by our good friends at TaylorMade Golf Canada, introducing Stealth with a carbon face for better energy transfer and more ball speed. Welcome to the Carbon Wood Age. To learn more, visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca. So we took a week off. We did. Well, sort of. We took a week off of the podcast. Exactly. We took a week off of the podcast. Um Taking a week off in the golf season is probably not ever going to happen, but it, that would um, be rare. But uh, we took that week off of the podcast to allow you mm-hmm. the opportunity. Uh, welcome back into the podcast, uh, Mr. Scott McLeod, my welcome. co-host. I, of course, am Jeff Botter, one of your hosts. Um, welcome, welcome. And you, you know, you spent the week up at the Canadian Open, and literally, like. Monday right through till Monday yeah yeah <laughs> you were you were gone and pretty much involved in just about anything that you could possibly imagine with the Canadian and obviously we're going to get into a lot of this later but yeah you know man what was what was that whirlwind uh weekend like not as uh, not as uh far more far more uh um exciting a week and weekend than mine was I'm sure yeah I mean the uh I guess I don't, I don't even know where to start, but uh, let's just say there was not a lot of sleep. Uh, there was a lot of components uh, for me up there, not only obviously covering the tournament itself, but uh, some other events, people that I was traveling with up there, um, kind of following a story that was happening behind the scenes with somebody that was local. And again, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, but uh, you know, as you probably saw on Sunday, it was pretty much mayhem. It was nuts. Uh, it was really wild. And uh, you know, I will say that after, you know, three years, obviously the last Canadian open was at 2019. Uh, the team there did an amazing job. I, I can't say, I can't say enough for, the entire team, you know, Brian Crawford, the tournament director, everybody at Golf Canada, RBC, Wasserman, who's involved, uh, you know, St. George's, Islington, everybody that was involved. It was, uh, I, I thought 2019 was sort of going to be a, a, a rare commodity as far as, you know, everything that went into that championship and, and how well received it was and how dynamic it was and, you know, and how it really was a peak at this point for, uh, you know, this Canadian National Open, but man, they, they may have surpassed it uh, this year. The energy was unbelievable. Uh, the golf course, the main golf course at St. George's was great. Islington is a practice facility. Fantastic job there. You know, the two respective pros, you know, Alan Palmer at St. George's and uh, Phil Cavanaugh down at Islington. Those guys were amazing as well. And, you know, the spectators just came out in droves. And yeah, uh, I haven't gone back and watched the broadcast yet. I'm, it's I, insane. I, I, it literally yeah, is insane. Because yeah. I was in the middle of that, you know. Yeah. And, uh, I, I was looking say, for you. But, you know, what is yeah. like finding it? It was like looking for where's Waldo? Where's, like, where's Waldo? Scott? Yeah. Where's Scott? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't. I mean, I, I will say this when it was on the potting green and we were doing the trophy shots and I looked behind me, it was actually a little scary. It was yeah. pretty intimidating to look back there and see the throng of people that had worked their way into the fairway. And, you know, obviously, you know, somebody like Rory winning as well. And, and oh, that was... the fashion, that final group with, uh, you know, Tony and, uh, you know, with JT that just, you know, added to it as well. And, you know, Corey Connors with the, the final day, I mean, just 
every element was there for a fantastic championship yeah. and uh it certainly was the script was the script was writ was was mm. written like it was it was it was almost like it was almost like as you watched it all unfold the guy that everybody wanted to win who wasn't a canadian won right. yeah um Corey Connors, a Canadian, did something special on the final day on a Sunday uh, at a Canadian Open and maybe didn't win, but right. did pretty much everything that he could possibly do to win. Yeah, but it wasn't going to happen. So obviously we're going to get into we're going to get into your whole Canadian Open week because sure. in 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 the, the back nine this week. Um, but let's you know, we got a we got an amazing show. We have like just a great show so much has happened in the last week i mean obviously it's been two weeks since we uh since we recorded uh, a podcast but we're really not going to go back that far too much has gone on just in the last week for us to discuss and we're we're going to get into all of that we got some some great conversations that we're going to have this week on the front nine uh a number of golf stories uh, uh that have occurred the back nine we're obviously going to step back into your week of the rbc canadian open and talk about that uh, at uh, at St. George's. Uh, Kevin Haim, back with us again this episode, provides a little insight into improving your driver swing. Uh, and, and that's going to be kind of cool. And we got a, a, a neat little topic that we're going to get into in Product Watch about uh, sort of when when should you buy new clubs? Um, <laughs> you know, on the heels of maybe me finally getting a new set after many years. And when really is the right time? What clubs are more? So we're going to get into all that on the yep. back nine. But obviously, we got to jump into the front nine right off the bat. Uh, you know, once again, presented by uh, Metcalf Golf Club, a natural setting, a pleasant challenge, uh, looking for fun golf at a great rate, say 15% when you prepay. Uh, visit metcalfgolf.com to book and to pray and to buy those prepaid passes. So, okay, Scott, let's dive right into the yeah. the front nine. You know, let, let's go start it. Go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Let's look at Monday. Um, sure. Obviously, you went up to the RBC, but on Monday, um, Flagstick Joe at Flagstick Joe. No, this uh, is the, this was this Monday. That was yesterday, yeah, not yes. the previous Monday. Yes, so, that's yeah. sorry. I'm yeah. I'm jumping into to. <laughs> the most recent thing that's happened in the end. Right. Uh, obviously it's not a huge tour, but the flagstick.com PGA of Ottawa tour uh, plays a, a few events over the course of the season. Um, the spring open has already passed uh, at, uh, and that was played at mm -hmm. Castleview um, a, uh, about a month ago. And the summer open uh, was up at Renfrew golf club. Great track up there. Uh, just an amazing uh, older layout uh, that uh, was redone by um, um, uh, by a good friend of ours, Stephen um, Ward. Yeah, Stephen Ward, um, and uh, an amazing job that he had done with all the green redesigns and green complexes that he rebuilt up there. Just transformed that golf course back into something really special. And the the local pros the, of the Ottawa PGA had an opportunity to uh, tip it up for eighteen holes in the Summer Open up there uh, yesterday. Yes, yesterday, uh, spring open, and it was actually a familiar ending to it. You know, you made reference there to the uh, the um, uh, spring open. Yes, this was the summer open, but it looked like the spring open because Michelle Dagenet won the main uh, category and Graham Gunn repeated in the senior. Um, yeah, hard to believe. I mean, what the heck? Guys, these guys are obviously playing some golf because I'm certainly not. That's for sure. I think I hit I hit three balls last week. 
I will say. Um, but you know, these guys are obviously playing a lot of golf and good golf. Uh, Dajane beat out Roger Beal of Reed of you in a one hole playoff. Both had shot one under par in regulation. And then Graham uh, won handily with a 68 three under Ooh. par at, at Renfrew. So some really quality golf there uh, by those players. And, you know, obviously, you know, they're known quantities, um, you know, Mike being the player of the year in the zone last year. So, um, you know, no, no surprise there, but a great finish for both of them. That's awesome. Now, it's it. We talked about this with, looking at some of the names that appear, um, you know, in the Ottawa PGA and, and some of the guys that are winning and playing well, it's not the, not, you know, and not to say that these guys are old, but hey they're now, the older hey guys. Like uh, Michelle, it, it, he's, he's one of the, you know, the veterans. Well, they're both, they're both seniors yeah. technically. So and, just, just Mike just decided to play in the main, main division. And he's playing some amazing golf and has for a very, very, very long time. Um, yeah for sure and and rogers i mean rogers a great player uh as well so i mean hats off to both of those guys for uh for doubling yep. up back to back let's see if they can uh see if they can keep it going i know mm-hmm. the uh the uh there's the pro pro coming up and uh i, and then, I will be in that one so. you will be participating in the pro pro so you're going to trade in the you look great in that caddy bib by the way i saw oh thank you some of those posters those posts on social media with you wearing the rbc caddy uh caddy bib uh and and we'll leave it at that because we're going to explain why sure. you were wearing yeah. that caddy bib uh, a little bit later in the back nine but um uh, you know it's uh you know if we go looking like yesterday now we look back on sunday and um brooke henderson Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 a funny thing because I swear that what I was seeing on social media and some of the comments that I was getting direct to me was, "What's wrong with Brooke? Of Is course. she going to return to the form that she had? Is she ever mm-hmm. going to win again? What's going on with Brooke? Does she still want to play?" And it's like, "What is wrong with you people?" Like, she was not feeling the greatest. She had some issues, some health issues that she was dealing with. We don't need to know off. the details of what was no. wrong with her. That's no. that's her business and her and her family and her camp and whatever. Take some mm-hmm. time off. The poor girl plays tons of golf, has tons of media um, commitments and sure. sponsor commitments that she has to deal with. She's probably just burnt frigging out. You know, I mean, I know. I mean, you this week, you burned out. <laughs> A little tired, yeah. that's for sure. And people have to remember, you know, I saw some people referring to, you know, a week that a player plays or at a tournament, you know, those weeks are no different. They're no different. They're way different than what you and I or most other people would think of as a daily work week. These are seven hours a day, tons and tons of commitments after the round, practice, sponsor obligations. Uh, There's so many things that go into it. So these are intense, the weeks that these players play. So, you know, for a player to take time off, in a lot of cases, they need that time off. And obviously it was helpful for Brooke, uh, you know, in winning her 11th title here uh, at the ShopRite LPGA. And, and, uh, you know, it was kind of funny. Um, Obviously, you know, RBC Canadian Open was was uh, front and center yeah. this week, uh, but certainly you know you're out there walking in the ropes, uh, you know trying to cover the event, and you know I was chatting back and forth. I think I was on the fourth hole on Sunday or whatever, and you know walking with Bob Weeks, and Bob you know shows me over his phone. He's like, hey yeah yeah, Brooks Brooks leading now, and I knew she had just tied previously or whatever, and then you know we knew it was going to have to have to happen next. It was kind of you know 
leave that group, run back to the media room. Um, you know, obviously Brooke gets the win. You know, there's a press conference of that that's virtual or whatever. So um, it made for a really wild day for a lot of us that, you know, we're covering everything in golf. And, um, you know, it, it's good for her. There was a lot of there was a lot of neat components to it. Uh, one, you know, picking up that prize, uh, she now becomes the 29th LPGA player to go over nine million in earnings. Um, interesting tidbit for the week was her first victory with left hand low putting. She yeah. made that change over the break, uh, had a new putter in hand, feels confident in that, and obviously that's good enough. Uh, you know, to make the difference for her. And, you know, she wins with a uh, an eagle on the first playoff hole. Um, you know, great final round. And then just needed a little bit extra to finish off the title. But she's so excited. She really is. I mean, uh, in her press conference afterwards with just, uh, you know, a few of us media folks kind of uh, catching up with her on Zoom. You know, <clears throat> she's just got a lot of confidence now heading into the next few events. Uh, going to be big for her. The Meyer Classic this week, which she's won a couple times. And then the KPG, uh, KPMG Women's PGA to follow that, which again, that's yeah. a title she's won before. So she's got a lot of confidence heading into that. And, you know, that bodes well for her uh, as we look ahead to the rest of the summer. Well, she, uh, you know, you could see some of that confidence building uh, off of her finish at the U.S. Open. Yeah, for uh, sure. Because she did have a strong finish at the U.S. Open too, so you could kind of see that her her game was rounding out a little bit. She was feeling mm -hmm. better. She was feeling she was building that confidence up. Uh, now that's not the first time that she's tried the left hand low. Putting, no, uh, it's but not. it is the first time she's won with it, and first time mm -hmm. she. I mean, she stuck with it obviously yeah. for the for the week. Um, but I have seen I have seen her attempt that. I mean, she's obviously she's tried, you know some different uh, some different things with her putting um yeah. you know a lot of people have said that that's the one part of her game that hmm. uh that she struggles with is her putting and her short game a bit particularly her putting that's kept her from really winning a lot but man putting putting is a very uh, it's a very tricky thing i mean if you're not just naturally really really good at it like a brad faxon or you know tiger was a clutch putter for a long time ben crenshaw was an amazing putter you could they could count on that Mm -hmm. um, if you can't count on it week in and week out, if you're always thinking about it and tinkering with it, then obviously it's going to be a bit of a struggle. But maybe she's found something, um, you know, maybe it's a long-term fix that she's found and maybe it's a short-term fix, whatever. It's a short-term, she could short-term it for the next six months and win a few tournaments, so. Yeah, she's such a great ball striker and that's what she's depended on, uh, you know, kind of for most of her career. But you know, even going back to her junior days, she always, uh, you know, had to work a little extra hard, uh, you know, on her putting. And as you mentioned, she's she's tried left hand low before uh, in spurts, but this is the first event where she, you know, was left hand low the entire way and obviously got the victory. So moves up to second in the race of the CME Globe, uh, back into the top 10. Uh, in the world rankings, she's moved up to number eight. So uh, look out for Brooke. Number 12 uh, could be on the radar. See, it's a lot like me, Scott. I've been a pea shooter off the tee for so long that I developed an amazing ability to hit my long irons. And, and I'm just a, I'm a really good long iron player. So... Um, I can you know, relate. I'm, it's I'm kind of crappy, the same thing. I'm a crappy iron player, so I had to have a good short game. So, there you go. See, yeah. it's kind of the same thing, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of like the same yeah. You know, Brooke yeah, Henderson sure. and and my skill set yeah. very similar. Well, you're um, you're you're top ten player in your house, I'm sure. Um, I don't know. <laughs> There's only four of us here. I'm not even sure I'm in the top four. 
The cats <laughs> might be better golfers than I am right now. Anyway, you never know. Yes. Never mind. Yes. Uh, junior golf, the PG uh, PJGT uh, St. Lawrence portion of the the obviously the PG uh, GT has the Ottawa Tour and the St. Lawrence Tour. Yeah. Um, and this is down in the Kingston area. They, um, you know, there were, uh, uh, juniors tipped it up at the Amherst view golf club recently. Uh, and, uh, we got some winners to talk about there. Yeah. That's the, the traditional kickoff, uh, down in, uh, the St. Lawrence tour is the event uh, at Amherst view. So they had the St. Lawrence junior invitational down there, uh, 50 plus players, uh, showed up good field as always eight different divisions uh winners were landon touchette hunter stevenson uh, amelia mcfarland meanie brader keenan broad ryan cop jacob minkhorst and marley murray so uh you know they're rolling along down there and up next for the tour will be the candidate a classic that's going to take place at upper canada on june 29th nice nice now um Long time event down in the Kingston area, the uh, the Kingston City Men's Championship. Um, I remember playing in this or trying to play in this mm. uh, because I didn't make it past back then the uh, the stroke play component that would get you into the match play. Yep. Um, but um, very well known to us um, mm -hmm. is a couple of the people that were participating in this. But unfortunately, a good friend of ours, Drew Mayhew, did not uh, did not prevail. Mm -hmm. um ashton mcculloch won uh the uh kingston city men's championship this year with a three and two victory over drew mayhew at your home club there at yeah yeah they moved over to uh, garrison um Cataraqua was having some issues with the greens early in the year although we'll talk about that in a minute because there's another event coming up there and they're all open there now but uh yeah ashton finish them off ashton Obviously, uh, you know, going to school at Michigan State right now. Uh, that's the second time that he's won the title, and he's won both of those titles at Garrison and, you know, prevented Drew from winning uh, another title. He's a former champion as well. So uh, good good matches there. Uh, talked to Jim Laidley, the uh, tournament organizer, as the event was happening. Um, some some great play there. The other semifinalists were Peter Benito, obviously a former yeah. Flagstick Open champion, and Daniel Abraha, who obviously has played well locally as well. So, uh, you know, good play by the four of those and, uh, you know, great finish by Ashton to get that title. Now, you mentioned there... Um... The greens at Cataraqui. I mean, it's no surprise uh, or no no secret uh, within within the golf yeah. community that they struggled a little bit with uh, their greens coming back after after the winter. Um, and they've got the uh, the Ontario Women's Match Play in the Eastern Provinces coming up this weekend. Um, how? I mean, you know, tell us tell us a little bit. Just kind of bring people up to speed as to what this event is about, and 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 then maybe kind of little insight as to uh where they're at with uh, the condition of the golf course for that yeah as i mentioned all the greens are open there now so they're, they're ready to go and hosting this ontario championship which uh you know kind of became uh combined a few years back uh the eastern provinces is a historic event uh this is going to be the 73rd playing of the eastern provinces championship which traditionally you know drew a, a strong uh, group of players had a field day on Friday and then work its way into match play. Well, a few years ago, Golf Ontario decided to, you know, kind of run an event concurrently so that their Ontario women's match play 
effectively becomes the Eastern Provinces. The two titles are available at the same time. As a result of it, it attracts a much uh, stronger field as well. They always had a strong field for the Eastern Provinces. You know, uh, the aforementioned Brooke Henderson, you know, has won it. Lots of other good players over the years. Um, but this this was uh, nice to see as far as now there's a, a an Ontario title that's being held here. Uh, just looking through the field, uh, not the biggest field, but it is strong. Uh, just having a look uh, for those that are involved as far as the match play portion, they'll have a, a fair number of players out for the field day for sure. But, uh, you know, if I dug through the uh, the match play uh, players, the ones that are, are trying to get their way through and, and get into those matches, uh, Team Ontario players, there's many uh, college players in there. Uh, a former USGA senior champion, Judith Corinnes, uh from up in the Toronto area, Thornhill. Uh, so it should be a good competition this weekend. I'm hoping to get out there and uh, catch some of that on Sunday as well. Cool. Now, um, uh, we recently opened the registration for our new event uh, to be held uh, in September, September 10th, 11th at the Brockville Country Club, the, yep. the Flagstick Two Ball Championship, which is a, um, a combined team Stableford scoring event. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's yeah. going to be, a, you know, your typical flag stick. Anybody that's ever played in a flag stick event, uh, you know, expect expect what you normally would expect from a flag stick event. Uh, um, you know, everything is going to be top notch. Everything's going to be done, uh, you know, to the max, the best that we can possibly do it. The experience is going to be amazing. The course is going to be awesome. It's a perfect golf course for this type of event because it is it's a, it's a challenging course, but it does encourage mm -hmm. uh, the scoring system that we're using uh, encourages scoring uh, and yeah. the golf course is going to be set up to encourage scoring. So, you know, it, you know, birdies and eagles and lots of pars and certainly because of the golf course, there's going to be some others, but because of the scoring system, the others are minimized. Yeah. Um, so we want you to make sure you head over to flagstick.com. Uh, and uh, click on the flagstick two ball under the events tab and register because registrations are starting now to come in uh, mm -hmm. fast and furious. And um, there's only limited spots. I think we are only allowing 50 teams uh, of two. So, um, you know, don't, don't wait till the last minute in August and think you're going to get in because I yep. guarantee uh, as this gets a little bit closer uh, to the date, um, you know, even within the next 30 days, um, there's going to be start, there's going to start to be a waiting list and um, you don't want to miss. So, you know, I want to make sure, but that said, there's mm -hmm. another event at Brockville coming up before that. It's the Brockville senior men's invitational. And there's still some spots open there. The event is on July the 15th, the July 7th is the entry deadline. So make sure that you uh, get over to the uh, Brockville country clubs website and, um, and register or call the pro shop and register for that. Um, don't uh, don't miss it an opportunity to uh, get out and play uh, BCC this summer. Um, now, lastly, um, Scott. Yes. Lastly, um, the Royal Ottawa. Yes. Um, just uh, recently opened their new uh, short game practice area. Now we obviously have our good friend Derek McDonald has been the head teaching director of teaching uh, at Royal Ottawa for the last couple of years. And um, this is awesome. He's really excited about this. And you've got uh, some details just to kind of share with, uh, with uh, our audience as to uh, what this new short game practice area is all about. Yeah, this has been in development 
for uh, a couple of years now. They originally had host, uh, hoped to open it last year, but uh, you know, just took some extra work to get it done. And they obviously want to make it a world-class standard. Uh, Neil Haworth, uh, who did a lot of the redesign work recently at Royal Ottawa, designed their new practice facility that opened a couple of years ago, but also did the short game facility here, has done some world-class uh, short game facilities around the world at you know TPC Kuala Lumpur and lots of different places. And uh, it's a pretty elaborate uh, practice area with target greens, pitching green, bunker green, uh, chipping green. The cool part with the, uh, you know, the chipping green is that they've got different angles of approaches into the greens that replicate uh, various surfaces out on the golf course. So uh, what players will see or members and their guests will see out on the golf course, they'll also see in the short game area, which is kind of neat. Yeah. So they can actually hit the same shots that they might see out on the golf course. And again, very elaborate as far as uh, what's there. Um, you know, just, just a cool spot. If you're able to be a guest or, you know, fortunate to be a member there to go and be able to hit a lot of these shots that replicate what's out there, uh, arguably one of the best practice areas, you know, kind of in the region. It's been neat to see. I mean, obviously Rito view redid their practice area recently, Ottawa hunt, uh, you know, some of these clubs have been redoing the practice. River me did, did theirs a while yeah. back too. Yeah. yeah. So just, just recognizing that, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that spend a lot of time there, not only just for their own practice, but getting instruction and things as well. Uh, big investment for Royal Ottawa, uh, who also hosted the, uh, the Faraday event, uh, last week mm -hmm. as well, while I was away. Um, so yeah, congratulations to them and in, in, in getting that practice facility open. All right. Now, before we jump off, uh, um, before we jump off the front nine, make the turn, um, there are six Canadians that are going to be participating in this week's U.S. Open, and um, uh, which is exciting. Uh, it, it, anytime we like to watch golf. I mean, I, 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 sure. I'm glad that there's Canadians in the field. It's exciting to see Canadians in the field. Uh, it's exciting to see them doing well, because obviously we are Canadian and we root for our own. Um, and uh, I just, I'm just looking forward to the U S open myself. <laughs> like I, I just, I, you know, I love the U S open and I love the open championship, probably my two favorites. Mm. Um, maybe it's because carnage can occur very quickly <laughs> at, <laughs> uh, at these two less, less so at the masters in the PGA championship. And, you know, but uh, um, the six Canadians are Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin, Roger Sloan and uh, Ben Silverman. Ben so that's Silverman. your six. And, uh, you know, what's neat to see there is obviously, you know, uh, and we'll get into it a little bit in the Canadian wrap up, but Connors is playing well. Hughes is playing well. Uh, Taylor is playing well. Managed to talk to him a fair bit uh, last week. Um, just, you know, good to see they're in, in form and ready to take on the country club uh, at Brookline, which is going to be a fantastic venue <clears throat> where there is some Canadian connection as well. You'll hear a lot this week about uh, Francis Wimet's historic yes. win there, the improbable win in 1913. Uh, as I tweeted yesterday, most people don't realize that Francis Wimet's father, Arthur, uh, was from the Montreal region of Quebec. So there is a little bit of a Canadian tie in there. So who knows? It might provide a little extra mojo uh, this week at the country club, but uh, something to watch for sure. And, and hopefully we see those six Canadians in the mix come Sunday. Cool. All right. Well, we got to get out, take a quick break. Um, and uh, when we come back, uh, we are going to head out to the back nine. 
We're going to do a little uh, neat little product watch segment. Kevin Hames going to help us out with the, our driver swing. And we've got uh, some great discussion coming up about the RBC Canadian Open and your week that was mm -hmm. as it were. So uh, stick with us. We're going to be right back after this. Okay, I'll send you a new list. Yep. Over the past 40 years, you've inspired us to make a lot of great drivers. All great, but all eventually reach their limit. But while we were making all these drivers for the present, we were also hard at work making the next generation of driver. Because where titanium ends, carbon begins. All right, uh, we are back and uh, and heading out to the Lesson T, um, where uh, the Lesson T is brought to us, brought to you by Kevin Heem Golf School. And uh, it's always the right time to play better, whether you need private lessons, better short game, some putting help, or even a custom club fitting, visit kevinheem.com. And remember, better golf is a lot more fun. Um, this week, Kevin helps us out with what we think is the most important club in our bag. Maybe it's not, but the driver. Check this out. Okay, golfers, today we're out on our uh, lesson tee, and we're working on swing path and swing plane with a driver and a wedge. We're going to explain something really important, Jake. This is called our plane station. Tell everybody the angles of these alignment sticks and why they're like that. Yeah, so we have two alignment sticks in the ground, one at a 65 degree angle to match a wedge swing and one at more of a 55 degree angle to match a driver swing. And we're going to use it to explain the difference in the plane of our driver swing versus our yeah, wedge. Yeah, those are approximate, you know, have different lie angles. A, a wedge can be 63 to 7, a driver can be all the way up to 60 depending on the player and Absolutely. everything. But Basically, there's a 10 degree difference. And this is where people who come to us and they say, oh, I hit my short irons, great, but I can't hit a drive, maybe get into trouble, right? And what are the types of people? So describe the swing of the person who might really prefer that wedge to that driver. Well, typically it's gonna be a steeper swinger that hits their short iron Bingo. wedges better. Um, often that's because they're lifting up too much or they're coming over the top and they're downswinging, causing that steepness in their downswing. Yeah, I mean, you've got your, you've got your slicer who unwinds from the top and so the club comes down steeply, but also people think they'll hit better shots if they have that longer big swing. And as soon as those elbows spread and that club moves up in the air, it's not going to swing on its proper path anymore. So let's set up. You set your wedge up to that alignment stick and I'm about here. And then let's turn these over, Jake. So if I swing my driver over like so, and then you swing your wedge over, I hope people can see the difference in those angles about that same 10 degrees. By the way, when you swing to the top, what we're trying to do, it's a little more complicated, but what you're basically trying to do is turn that club over on itself and point it at the golf ball, right, Jake? Yeah, if, you, if I can do that, if I can keep the club on its proper plane throughout my golf swing, it's going to be the most simple, repeatable way to hit the golf ball. Yeah, I love it. Most speed, most solid. So path is really important in golf. Swing plane is really important in golf. And if you always work at just taking whatever club you've got when you set it address, and as you swing, you just try to turn it over on its same angle. And then most importantly, Jake, with a proper downswing sequence, we keep that same angle into the ball. We're going to hit better shots. Absolutely. Always remember, 10 degrees, 64, 54, 65, 55, whatever it is, you don't want to swing your wedge on the same path as you swing your driver. Um, any, any tip or advice that I can get 
any time about how to hit my driver better, um, I'm all in. Uh, it, it, you know, as I said before, it's not it, it's not in my opinion, it's not the most important club in your bag. Um, I still think the putter might be, but if you don't put it in play, yeah, on a regular basis, your putter is only saving you bogeys and doubles and triples. It's not say it's not making you birdies and eagles and pars. So maybe there's an argument to be made that the driver actually is the most important club in your bag, but eh, it's an opinion, right? It's an opinion. Well, you know, it's not the one you take the most strokes with, but it's the one that sets up your ability to gain strokes uh, by hitting it further and putting yourself in a position to hit more greens and closer to the hole. So, um, but, you know, good stuff there from from Kevin and Jake. Uh, certainly a lot of people don't understand the concept of, uh, you know, the comparison of an iron and a driver, uh, especially as far as the swing plane is concerned. So clear illustration there for people to look at and, uh, you know, they kind of work on that driver. I mean, you complain, you say, oh, I'm not a great driver. But, <laughs> How much you know, practice do I get? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, uh, you know, that's the issue. I mean, uh, you know, you don't want everybody obviously just to run to the range and, you know, just hit drivers over and over again. And yes, the people, do. People, people tend to do that randomly. Let the big dog eat. Yeah, but, you know, you want to actually be particular about what you're doing. So a uh, good concept there from, uh, from the boys. And uh, certainly people should pay attention to that. Now, the funny, the funny, the moral of the story is that these tips and these these little instruction tidbits um, that uh, we call them instruction tidbits or instruction segments because Scott doesn't like the word tips. Nope. Um, tips are for so restaurants and given to your staff. There, there you go. <laughs> That's a podcast discussion all on its own. Sure, exactly. Um, but the moral of the story is no matter what any golf instructor tells you, shows you, gives you advice on, if you don't practice it, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You can't watch a golf instruction video and say, oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to try that the next time I play. Uh, wrong. X. Yeah. Uh, try it the next time you go to the driving range and work at it for a little bit. Maybe video yourself. See if you're actually doing it the way you're supposed to do it before you go taking it to the golf course and then wondering why, well, you know, you said to do this and that, but I can't do yeah. it. I'm still not hitting it any better. Hmm. I, I, I wonder why there, Sherlock. I always got a kick out of it. Uh, you know, uh, my daughter, Ailsa said it years ago. I think she was probably six or seven at the time and, and said, uh, you know, why do people, you know, uh, take one golf lesson, they expect to be really good. And at that point she said, and I take piano lessons every week. So I mean, it's pretty pretty good wisdom from a from a girl that was only six or seven at the time who's now sixteen. But yep. uh, yeah, it's great advice. I mean, people, you got to work at it. Exactly. All right, we got a lot to get to, so we let's dive right into uh, into our back nine uh, discussion here, uh, presented uh, by Golf Sim Gurus. Work on your game all year round in the privacy of your own home. Custom golf simulator setups built to your specs to fit your budget. Visit golfsimgurus.ca to learn more. Um, now, we talked off the top of the uh, the podcast about uh, your week that was, and mm -hmm. uh, we kind of threw a few little tidbits here and there, but didn't really give anything away. But um, now is the time for us to dive into this, and and it's uh, yes, it's going to be a a little bit of a longer back nine, so we're sorry to the rules officials. If you're going to put us on slow play, that's fine. We'll talk as yeah. fast as we can. Uh, RBC Canadian Open wrap-up, Scott. Like This yeah. was um, a whirlwind week for you that involved everything mm -hmm. from 
um, meetings, media commitments, watching golf, photography, recording interviews, pro am, um, <laughs> like you name it, you did it. Yeah. Um, concerts. Um, yes. Yes. You know, family time. But you threw everything into. I did. You threw everything into a week, and I don't even think I threw all of that into a weekend. So <laughs> let's talk about the RBC Canadian Open, Scott McLeod style. Yeah, it uh, it was a busy one for sure. Um, I kind of lost track of how many Canadian Opens I've been at, but this is probably the busiest ones for uh, for a number of reasons. Obviously, you know, going up there to have the regular tournament coverage, uh, as we mentioned, you know, there hasn't been an RBC Canadian Open since 2019, so going to be a little bit more intense as far as the week is concerned. Other element here that uh, we'll talk about is the fact that you know we've talked on this podcast a little bit about. Uh, uh, Hayden Underhill, uh, one of my students, a good friend of ours that, uh, you know, was unfortunately involved in the, the tragic University of the Southwest uh, accident, um, their, their golf team, where tragically they lost uh, their coach and many of their teammates, and uh, Dayton Price, his teammate as well. Well, Dayton and Hayden were both uh, guests. They are the two survivors. They were the guests this week of Lawrence Applebaum, uh, CEO of Golf Canada, for a week themselves and their families uh, up to St. George's to sort of, you know, have a nice experience, something they could look forward to. They've, they've known about this for a, a little bit, a uh, little bit different for, for Hayden versus Dayton. Dayton actually flew in and came home on Wednesday. So it was pretty emotional. Perfect. He was just there for the last bunch of days. He has been recovering since the accident, 80 plus days, uh, and was able to fly home, like I said, on the Wednesday and able to get to the golf course. So it was amazing to see him there. Uh, like I said, very emotional for a lot of people for a lot of reasons. And, uh, you know, I got to spend a lot of time with Hayden and his family. And that was one of my big focuses this week uh, in between, you know, trying to do as much coverage as I could. Uh, but to be there to support them, to do whatever I could to, to kind of help them out. Uh, started out on the Monday, they, they got there and, you know, uh, Foundation Pro-Am was going on. Uh, they got to see the golf course, get them the lay of the land, start to meet people. Uh, by the end of the week, I think their heads were spinning because they were, able, they were able to meet so many people from, um, you know, media personalities, uh, celebrities, uh, you know, hockey players, uh, all the team, obviously, at all the golf courses, um, you know, mu musicians, all sorts of different people. Um Got a few surprises as well. Obviously, just before the tournament started uh, on the Friday, um, made Hayden aware that he was not only going to be attending the tournament, but he was going to play in the Pro-Am on Wednesday, the Championship Pro-Am, uh, which was obviously a huge surprise for him. And then uh, Lawrence Applebaum sort of made it a condition that he had to bring me along as a caddy. So <laughs> I don't know if that was going to be good or bad, but, uh, you know, fun to be along. Um, so there was the draw party as well for that, for the pro-am that was on uh, Tuesday night. So that was involved as well, you know, practice rounds and, and some things on uh, Tuesday, um, getting to see a lot of our friends and vendors up there as well. The guys from pretty much every company was there. It was a who's who uh, of golf in Canada. It really was. So, uh, wasn't a lot of sleep involved during no. the week. Uh, and it really started out with that, that pro-am party was, was great, um, you know, uh, Hayden and his family got to take pictures with the uh, the Canadian Open trophy, uh, got to attend that. It, it was fantastic. And then, you know, the next morning, 
you know, they got to get up and, and or he did and, and get to play with uh, Sebastian Munoz and Nick Taylor. Those were his two pros. Nice. And then uh, filling out the group was Lawrence Applebaum, the CEO of Golf Canada. Uh, Gordon Sinclair from uh, the Tragically Hip, uh, who also is a member at Cataraqui, but they had not met before. Uh, he just happened to have a rookie caddy for him. Uh, James McKenzie, who's from a band called The Spades, uh, was making his... <laughs> First time debut ever on a golf course, wow. uh, a caddy in for guard. So that was funny because he sort of leaned over as we went before we went in the fence uh, to start the back nine because they started on on what would be the back nine for them is at the ninth hole at St. George's. They just have an interesting configuration because where Islington Avenue is uh, and James basically leans over and I obviously I just recognized him and so forth. And I asked, you know, have you caddied before? And he's like, I've never been on a golf course before. So, <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, help, help me if you can. I'm like, Oh boy, this is going to be good. And then, uh, and then also filling out their group uh, were a couple of the guys from the, from the overdrive show, Jeff O'Neill, former NHLer uh, was uh, one of his other partners. Oh dog. Oh dog. And uh, Brian Hayes, uh, you know, took up the other half as well. So it was a pretty full group, uh, pretty busy uh just fun i mean pro-ams take a long time we were out there for probably six hours but you know hayden played particularly well uh in fact uh you know he was hitting a driver off the first tee where most players were not hitting driver off the first tee a lot of people were trying to you know just hit a four iron down there it's only a 370 yard hole and he's like oh forget it i'm just gonna send it and uh adam long who was uh you know playing in the next group pga tour player you know after hayden roasted his drive down the first hole adam's like uh why are you not playing in this event because because <laughs> he just hit it that well and uh you know he just had a great time you know talking to the players uh nick taylor was particularly interesting in the fact that uh you know he was one of the first players to reach out after the accident uh donated five thousand uh, dollars to the gofundme uh for hayden and his family and also money to uh to dayton and his family as well so he was particularly excited to to kind of meet Hayden and that, and that was kind of the funny dynamic yeah. of the week was that um not only was Hayden excited to meet all these different people they were excited to meet him and them and just to you know just to touch base and see how they were doing and you know whether it was James Duffy and, and Graham Dillette you know who spent like an hour with him to you know Jake Muzzin from the Leafs spent a bunch of time with them um you know it was just continuous as far as who wanted to come over and and, and say hello uh you know, Jeremy Taggart, he was on our former, the podcast, the T-Talk podcast from yeah. the, the former drummer, Our Lady Peace. You know, he he made sure to come over and say hello. Uh, the boys were just excited getting to meet everyone and, and having a great day. And, uh, you know, it, it filled my heart as well. I mean, you know, I was emotional the whole time during the week. I'm almost crying now. Um, but uh, it was just a really cool thing knowing you know, these families have been through so much yeah. um, and for them to have something to look forward to and to go and have this experience of the week uh, to be there with, you know, Rory winning and, you know, Dayton and Hayden got to sit by the green on, on Saturday and, you know, they greeted a bunch of players. A lot of players came and talked to them, gave them gloves, gave them balls afterwards, um, right down to the almost the very end. Uh, you know, on Sunday, Jim Nance came down out of the booth and 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 he knew the story as a, as a graduate of the University of Houston. Uh, you know, he's a Texas guy and he was familiar with it. They had mentioned on, you know, their TV broadcast that week uh, on the tour. And, uh, you know, he came down and had a nice discussion with them. And uh, also, uh, Hayden uh, did a 
club fitting on uh, Friday, courtesy of uh, the friends at, uh, at Akushnet and uh, Golf Canada. So he went up and did a full bag fitting uh, to replace his golf clubs that uh, unfortunately were damaged uh, during the accident. And uh, again, it was just it was just a crazy week going yeah, back and man. back and back and forth. And that and that's and that's just that side of it. Yeah, you know, with the underhills and 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 the the prices and and you know again it was just uh, it was really great to see and I, I found myself standing back a lot of times and you know obviously it's their their show and you know where they want to do some things and enjoy that week and just watching and watching the interaction and watching yeah. the, the love of you know Canadians just coming up to embrace these kids and um, it, yeah made for a special week. Yeah, Choke, no. I'm choking up again. Sorry, sorry. It's all good. I mean, it's it's to be expected. I mean, it's been, you know, from from the time that the that the accident occurred to where we're at today, and yeah. you know, as as tragic as it was that there was loss of life in that accident, um, it's it's also sort of um, if there's a silver lining in that that somebody did survive the accident it just yeah. happens to be some some people and an individual in particular that's very close to you and and uh, a family that's very close to you and mm -hmm. and that's a good thing and yeah. then to watch them them recover from that and and mm -hmm. start to get back to some level of normalcy in their lives and and you know me having you know been able to talk to Hayden at the flagstick open last yeah. month and and to see him hit shots and to watch him play mm -hmm. again after having yeah. watched him you know play prior to the accident and now seeing uh Dayton coming home uh, and seeing him out and and um, you know engaged in in some something you know he's obviously a ways away from from getting yeah. back to playing golf and it certainly isn't a priority but it but for someone like Dayton it may not be a priority but for him to see his friend and his teammate Hayden uh, playing it's mm -hmm. an inspiration to him mm -hmm. and a motivation for him to to get back to doing something that he loves to do and then yeah. you know that may be a, a, a ways away but it's a it's a light at the end of the tunnel that you want to work towards so um you know great great on um you know golf canada and lawrence applebaum mm -hmm. and and everybody for doing what they did for them i think yeah. it's outstanding uh great on the community the golf community and the and the canadian community for embracing them and showing them some love and some support um because it, it helps i mean all of that helps whether it was financial when it happened and it was needed to uh emotional when mm -hmm. it's needed you know needed just as much now um yep. just so cool to see that whole thing so cool to see the photos that you posted on on uh, on our social media and um you know just to be a part of that i mean i wish i could have been there um obviously i couldn't um and you know but you know it was great for you to have had the opportunity to spend that time with them and uh you know so what you know if if it means a little uh a little overtired on a monday yeah, or tuesday or falling who, who really gives a crap one no. way or the other no. honestly right no, no exactly it and uh, like i said the list was endless uh you know the team at uh you know golf ontario as well mike kelly very supportive of the players and and talking to them about, about you know future exemptions and some maybe some things to help them get into their tournaments and uh, as you said it was inspirational both ways i mean mm -hmm. in seeing where seeing where Dayton has gone and 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 how he's progressed uh I mean you know again heartwarming as well and, and the two boys to be together 
you know, these are two kids who went to that college together, you know, freshmen at the same time, uh, bonded very much down there as teammates. And now, you know, their families are, you know, tied forever, um, you know, to meet Dayton's coach as well, Chris Dickinson, who I, you know, had a lot of communication with in the last three months. Um, just overall, just, just stunning and, and, and couldn't, couldn't have asked for a better week for them. And that's what it really was about. And, you know, as I said, that's, that's away from the golf course and yeah. a little bit, a little bit on with, with the pro-am, but, uh, you know, outside of that, um, just a wild, wild week. I mean, yeah. the, cast, the cast of characters there uh, with the players, obviously it wasn't the deepest field uh, that, that people would hope for, but at the top end, um, certainly the, the leaderboard started to shake out by Saturday and we knew something special was, was brewing the level of the play that was there. And I think, uh, I think the one big thing where it sort of hit home for me was on, uh, you know, Sunday, uh, myself with a throng of probably a hundred people inside the ropes. There was a stack of media, uh, obviously security, all sorts of different things to kind of control things. But, uh, you know, I, I was behind the first green as Rory went to roll in his first pot and, and, uh, you know, I saw the fist bump as he just rolled that in pure and you're like, yeah. Oh boy, here we go. Something's going to big is going to be happen there. And, uh, managed to go with those guys uh through about six seven holes and then had to split back to the media room to to cover the brook story uh we had grant fraser helping us out there this week so he was uh, still out there doing photography uh for us and then you know connected again with the group later on and i just couldn't believe the energy that was out there i mean players said it all week it, it felt like a major championship and yeah. not only the uh you know obviously the scoring was low and that was predict that was predicated more by the softness of the golf course from rain early in the week but you know rough was deep greens were fast if not but soft as i said but just the environment itself there was so much energy there and you know the players all week said they really fed off that and you know there's chance of rory rory and tony and jt and i mean uh jt was laughing because you know obviously rory tended to be the the highest in volume and you know he, he was sort of you know obviously he wanted to play well and, and didn't have the final round that he wanted although he did play well and uh you uh, just joking that obviously Rory was was quite the favorite there and, and Rory was super pleased I mean uh, to win the title a second time um, you know he's he said he's going to be back for for 2023 um, at Oakdale and um, you know he's just he was just fired up and I think uh, expect good things from him this week he's got you know, 21 titles now, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, one more than somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's he's feeling <laughs> it. Little, little nugget, little nugget. Actually, was kind of funny re regarding Rory. Was uh, you know, he had some issues with his his spikes early in the week, and I think that was either that was Monday, I believe. And he was searching for a a, a spike, which obviously, you know, he's a Nike guy, but um you know they don't have tour trailers up at the canadian open no. like they used to in the day uh has a very unique metal spike that he makes use of and they did, weren't sure what to do and they actually uh the phone rang for a good friend of ours Vinny gomes who used to work oh my for gosh. Nike many years ago yeah uh you know was there working for levelware 
uh, and you know, I I'm, hope I'm not talking out of school here, but yeah, they reached to him, reached out to him. And he's like, man, I haven't worked for the company for six years, but you know, he knew where he could get the spike and uh, yeah, they had them there the next day and, and ready wow. for him. So they make use of, but uh, kind of funny that they would have to lean back on someone that, you know, used to work for the company just for a contact to get that. And uh, I'm sure there was lots of elements that went into Rory winning, but certainly well-received and, you know, for the tournament, I mean, that's every tournament's dream. I mean, no offense to the, you know, the Alex Smalley's of the world and Wyndham Clark's or whatever, but, you know, that generally doesn't fire up the crowds or the, or the media or, or tournament organizers quite as much. Um, so to have a world-class player, a major champion like Rory win, somebody who's so personable, uh, I'm sure that added a lot to it. Did you, did you watch much? I mean, oh, I, yeah. Haven't, yeah. I haven't watched, I haven't watched like, the broadcast yet. So uh, I'll be honest. I mean, I was, I mean, I watched, I watched a lot of it, to be honest with you. I didn't, uh, and I'm not usually, I don't usually watch a lot on TV um, Monday, like Thursday to, to Sunday. Right. Um, yeah. Unless it's a, a major championship, right. but the, yeah. the Canadian open to me is a major championship. I mean, it sure. used to be considered a fifth major for, for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I like the fact that they're they're moving they move it around from venue to venue as opposed to it being you know in the old days having been at Glen Abbey all the time as great a golf mm-hmm. course as it is I like it being more like a U.S. Open or an Open Championship or a PGA where it roams around uh, and you get to see some of these courses like St. George's like Ancaster the Hamilton mm-hmm. Country Club in Ancaster uh, like Oakdale coming up uh, mm-hmm. in 2023 uh, that's the kind of stuff I love to see it was in the broadcast was insane. Like it, I swear <laughs> it was, it was just like any major championship. The crowds were intense. Yeah. Um, not crazy. Maybe, maybe a little too intense in some spots. Yeah, on Saturday well, the, and the, on Sunday. The, the, the rink, the rink hole was a little bit kind of like the, uh, a little, I mean, the rink hole was sort of a slightly downplayed version of the, uh, uh TPC at, at, Scottsdale. At TPC at Scottsdale. Yeah. Obviously nothing is as crazy as that. Right. Um, but it, but it was, it was a it similar that, sort of atmosphere. Yeah. So no, the, the, the coverage was amazing. Um, I bounced back and forth on the weekend between the shop, right. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, because Thursday, Friday, I didn't really watch much of the LPGA event. Um, Brooke wasn't really, you know, well, there at that point and it was she started yeah she started the week i mean the tournament was friday through sunday and she started with a 67 um but obviously you know a lot of players will shoot low rounds on the first round and you don't know whether they're in the mix or not so we're really as you said it really wasn't until sunday that yeah sunday i watched a bunch of that and and obviously i watched the you know the canadian open finish and it was exciting i mean it was kind of sad in a way to see jt kind of uh, stumble a bit coming mm, down those yeah. you know the, yeah. the last few holes just because i think it would have been it would have been a, even a little bit more pressure Dramatic. and a little bit more yeah. interest um if jt had stayed where he was because he was only within one i think at that point or i think they were tied actually and and yeah. then it was a two-shot swing um but yeah just uh amazing and like i said off the top of the podcast there they, they if a canadian wasn't going to win i think the crowd favorite to win um you know, to repeat was, was Rory. He's definitely an adopted Canadian. There's no question about that. Yes. So. You know, they asked him about citizenship and would he take it? And he said, yeah, for sure. He'd be all over that. And, uh, you know, I think they mentioned on the broadcast, you know, the, he used a, a loony in his pocket at Ancaster. Yep. He used a toonie. He was joking about, you know, they may need, we may need a $3 coin. Um, so he can maybe <laughs> win a third one. Uh, they can make him a Cor- custom one. 
Yeah, I talked to Corey a little bit uh, after his 62. Obviously, he did his media stuff, but, uh, you know, while some things were going on in the 18th green, I, I was just chatting with him on the side. And, um, you know, he was obviously pleased with his round. He sort of wished maybe he'd put that together a little bit earlier in the tournament so he could have been in the mix, uh, you know, pleased with his finish and pleased with the, uh, you know, winning the River Mead Challenge Cup for the first time, yep. you know, um, you know, as the low Canadian Um uh, he said at the trophy ceremony, you know, he's looking forward to putting his name on the the big trophy, maybe at some point. And Rory joked because obviously we talked about the Canadian citizenship uh, citizenship is that he joked. Maybe he should be looking forward to putting his name on the little trophy at some point if he gets Canadian <laughs> citizenship. So um, just just. Yeah, could not ask for uh, two better personalities there. And and uh, like I said, uh, you know, 19 Canadians uh, that were there. There were 20 in the field uh, originally. Uh, sadly, uh, Michael Gligic had to pull out uh, in the first round. He pulled out after 10 holes, clearly distracted uh, by the passing, uh, you know, of a close friend of his, which was sad and unfortunate. A lot of people uh, knew Ryan Corbin in the golf community. Yeah. So um, condolences to friends and family uh, uh, of him. Um, so, you know, that sort of put a little bit of a pall on things for a few of the Canadians. But uh, yeah, you know, it, it was uh, it was a good showing. Uh, six of the Canadians did make the cut um, and did show some fine form there. And, you know, we always hope that, you know, at some point one of these guys will win it. But, uh, you know, Corey being our top rated uh, Canadian in the world uh, certainly showed that that he was and for good reason um, in, in posting that 62 on Sunday. And uh, don't be surprised if one of these guys picks up the big trophy at some point. Well, I hope to see it. All right. Um, obviously, uh, next up, is the uh, the U.S. Open um, this weekend, Father's yeah. Day weekend, as always. And uh, that's going to be a, a very interesting watch. Uh, we won't get into talking about it because we got we still got a lot to get to. We do. Um, and another break ahead of us here. But um, obviously with some players that uh, participated in the, uh, the recent uh, event over in London um, that are no longer members of the PGA Tour, um, whether by resignation or by suspension. Um, they obviously will be playing in the U.S. Open, and, and uh, if they're already exempt or qualified. And it'll mm -hmm. be interesting to see how the Boston crowds, uh, which can be mm. significantly, maybe not as boisterous as a New York crowd, but right. um, they can be a little, bit, uh, a little bit harsh. And it'll be interesting to see how what once were fan favorites are no longer fan favorites uh, or not. Um, but it certainly will be a great event to tune in to watch regardless yeah. of all of that yeah. shenanigan. Um, mm -hmm. Clearly, obviously, you notice and those listening and watching notice that we're not talking about what goes on over because we really don't give a crap one way or the other. <laughs> um, well, we give a crap, but we don't give a crap about the event. Put no, it it's that ex way. Ex we exhibition golf at this point. Exactly. For sure. Exactly. Fun times. All yeah, right. I, um, I, I will mention one thing on that. Uh, I was kind of surprised, obviously, you know, there's tons of discussion regarding, you know, that that tour or that playing of that event that was over there all week long. Uh, hard to avoid, you know, kind of in a media room or whatever. But, uh, you know, RNA and USGA made their stances known as far as being open championships uh, and so forth. Uh, surprised there was not anything from Augusta National. And part of the reason why I'm surprised there was nothing from Augusta National was Fred Ridley, 
the chairman of Augusta National, was at St. George's this week. He was incognito. Uh, he was not, he was staying at uh, a friend's property at St. George's, somebody who uh, we both know, and we're not going to say who it is or, or whatever, but, um, you know, he was there in attendance and uh, just didn't have any official duties or whatever. Uh, Commissioner Jay Monaghan was there, obviously made some statements on, on TV. So I was surprised that maybe, uh, you know, Fred Ridley uh, didn't make it, but maybe that's just a case of not, uh, you know, not wanting to show up or, or take more attention off, you know, the third oldest national open golf championship in the world, which is unfortunate. Um, that's what that other uh, exhibition tour did this week. And uh, as, as Rory said, proper golf, proper championship, you know, national championship, that's what's important. And, and you know what? I mean, I'm, I guess I'm going to touch on this just a, a, a little bit, but um, the one thing that I'll say of all the media appearances that I've heard from the players that decided to, you know, to go over and, and be a part of this, this new showcase tour. Um, I just wish, and I, and I think a lot of people have shared the same opinion is whatever your opinion as a player, whatever you, your decision mm -hmm. uh, as a player is you're, for ignoring the obvious, um, mm -hmm. just own, own it for God's sake, yeah. own it. Don't, yeah. don't try to sugarcoat this whole thing by saying it's about spending more time with the families and so on. Last I checked, Tiger Woods on average played 14 to 17 PGA Tour events. There's no obligation by these players to have to play a full schedule of every single event. They write their own schedules. They write their own. They, and those that are at the highest end, they have an even easier time of setting their schedules to spend time with their families. So don't tell me this is about spending time with your family. You're over you're across the sea you're you're not even in the states playing golf if you're in the states playing golf a bunch a bunch of the events will be yeah and, and that in itself is another issue altogether yeah, yeah. How, you know like this thing can could, could go on and on and on and on oh yeah but sure. own it you're there for the money yeah. bottom line this is the only yeah. reason you would go is yeah. is you're to ignore whatever's going on and focus on the big bucks yeah. whatever your reasons for needing the big bucks are the quick payout whatever it's all on you but I'm watching PGA Tour golf all day long. Um, all right. Uh, we got to take another break. Yeah, uh, no and then uh, when we come back, we're going to get into this uh, little discussion about when, when to buy uh, new clubs, uh, whether a new set, new clubs, new irons, new whatever. Uh, we're going to get into this little discussion on Product Watch. Uh, but we do got to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. Introducing the all-new Spider GT. With Pure Roll 2 to improve topspin and a fluted shaft to enhance feel. No matter how you look at it, it's stability from every angle. Only from TaylorMade. All right. We're in the home stretch. Scott McLeod, we're in the home stretch. I know it's, uh, it's been a rather long, but uh, very informative and uh, interesting uh, uh, edition of the Flagstick Podcast. Um, but, um, we're in the home stretch and we, uh, as always, we kind of try to mix things up a little bit. And when we mm -hmm. talk about different segments, you know, lesson T product watch product watch, you generally like to think, oh, well, okay, well, what's, uh, we're going to talk about this iPhone, um, <laughs> you know, and it's got this and this and this and this, but that's not really the last couple that we've done. We've kind mm -hmm. of taken a little different spin on it. And this one's not really any different. We're going to, um, 
we're going to get into a little different discussion about buying new golf clubs here on uh, yeah. on the Product Watch segment, which uh, is brought to you by our good friends, our good buddies at Greensmere, uh, Greensmere Golf and Country Club. Uh, Say 40% on all daily green fees with FlexPass for only $425 plus tax. Uh, FlexPass is going to save you some bucks. Visit greensmere.com for more details. All right. Scott, yes, product watch. Um, when to buy new clubs now, this on the heels of I I know you said (laughs) not specifically about the fact that I did this recently, no, but that sort of inspired it a little, yes, yes. And it's not about brands, it's not about not about what clubs I bought or what clubs I got or didn't get. Um, I got new clubs. I got new irons. I got a new driver. I got a new fairway wood. I got a new hybrid. I got new wedges. Mm -hmm. And for the first time in a very long time of all the clubs I've ever changed, first time Mm -hmm. in a very long time, I have a new putter. Yeah. Um, Which, by the way, I did have the opportunity to go, you know, I live very, very close to Metcalf uh, Golf Club. Um, one of our gracious sponsors here on this podcast. I do. I'm a member there uh, with my family and um, my son and I went over, Brandon and I went over to just do some putting, some chipping and putting on the putting, which is something we can do now. Right. Post sort of COVID issues. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went over and I rolled the putter for the first time. And I got to say, really, really, really like this putter. Um, Really like it. And uh, um it's yeah, the I first guess new putter I, I've had in a long time. So I guess that's the thing. You know, people ask all the time. You know, like, what do you play? And I yeah. always say the clubs that fit me. That, <laughs> and, and and really, that's what it I comes down. Yeah, that's what really what it comes down to. Uh, the brand name or whatever itself is is rather irrelevant. Obviously, well, people will look to certain brands for you know quality or you know use on tour or stuff like that. But in the end, it's about what works for you. And that's what it really comes down to. And, you know, this was obviously inspired a little bit about, you know, you getting new clubs in your bag. But again, the continuing discussion all the time that people have. And, you know, this could be a big subject. And we're just going to touch on a few points here because mm-hmm, obviously sure. this could be this could be very exhaustive. But, uh, you know, people I'll play with and, you know, that pro-am while I'm when I'm caddying the pro-am and, you know, I'm looking in the bags of some people and, and, uh, Gord Sinclair was kind of funny because I was digging, looking at his bag and he's got some older clubs in there and he's got a putter he bought off me a million years ago at golfer's <laughs> choice. How's that? Um, oh but, my I gosh. Mean, I, but I'm kind of looking at that and, and seeing, you know, and, and he's a little bit curious about new clubs and a few other people were as well, but, you know, the main thing they ask all the time is like, when, when should I get upgrade? They obviously hear constant messages coming from the manufacturers and, and seeing ads on TV and uh, podcasts and everything like that, kind of prompting them to get the latest and the greatest. But, you know, people wonder when, when should they change or when are clubs worn out, as I put up air quotes here for mm-hmm. those who can't see and are not watching on YouTube, but um see that's why you should watch on youtube too yeah exactly you You wouldn't see the air quotes quotes. yeah um but you know i I think the biggest thing first off and 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 this will be point again we'll have some talking points here but uh, i think the biggest thing for most people is to look at changing their equipment if they've had some swing or equipment 
or uh, technique changes. So for an example, when you're dealing with, you know, taking some lessons and uh, you obviously swing in a certain way, golf clubs fit that. They fit that technique of what's going on. And thankfully these days with things like drivers, for an example, we have, you know, a greater amount of adjustability. So you don't necessarily have to get rid of the club that you've got. You can sometimes just make the necessary adjustments to match up <clears throat> what you're doing differently. That's a little harder to do if your technique changes uh, with your wedges and you all of a sudden become a little bit shallower or use the bounce differently on the bottom of the club or, or maybe you change your home golf club in a place mm -hmm. that you play regularly. There's different conditions there. There's different requirements that are there. And, and clubs do play a factor in that formula of playing well. Obviously, you have to swing the clubs, but you know where you play can, can also dictate what changes in your in your golf bag for gappings for hey maybe i need a particular club for a particular hole maybe i need to carry the ball more on this golf course that i'm playing maybe the bunkers are different than yeah. my previous golf course maybe the turf is firmer or softer i mean a lot of things that will happen with you know a wedge for an example and changing things like the bounce is that changing the bounce can encourage the same type of strike and the same results that you would see at another golf course who has different conditions so uh, by what i mean by that is that you know if a turf is firmer on one property uh you know and you're taking shots with it the the club how it works into the turf you're going to get a strike point at a certain location on the club head that will change things like uh, trajectories spin rates so forth now if all of a sudden you go into a softer turf and the club is working down into the turf more you're going to be striking that golf club higher in the face that changes mm -hmm. the spin characteristics but you could actually have a wedge in there that has more bounce and then replicate the exact conditions or situation that you would see on the other golf course so these are things where you have to think of golf clubs as being tools so you change the tools to match the job that you need to do so that would be one thing as far as looking at it's not just about age of clubs or, or things but looking at how the tools that you have fit your current swing your technique or the golf courses that well wedges wear too and, and i mean yeah people, we'll people that, that yeah, play a lot sure. of if you don't play a lot of golf you probably wouldn't notice this uh quite as much but right. those that play a lot of golf mm -hmm. wedges get used a lot and yeah. if you look at your wedges you know some people will comment they'll see a uh they'll see a ball pattern um mm -hmm. in their wedge and say hey you know like i'm <laughs> striping it it's in the middle they of the think, club it, they all the think time. it's a good thing it's like yeah but if you take a close look at that wedge um yeah. where you're hitting it in the same spot all the time because wedges are the one club where we do tend to uh to hit the ball in a similar spot on a regular basis being that it's a shorter club mm -hmm. um you tend not to be in at the heel or at the toe quite as much as you might with your longer right. irons yep but you get a wear mark and the groove can start to flatten out and get mm -hmm. shallow much like the tires on your car the more you drive them the more they wear the less tread they have the more the less grip they have with mm -hmm. a wedge the less groove the less friction the less mm -hmm. friction, the less spin, and the less mm -hmm. control. So right. take a look at your wedges. And if you're asking yourself, do I need new wedges? Well, that will be one telltale sign, aside mm -hmm. from the turf conditions or the, the course conditions that you play under. Um, one of the telltale signs would be, is are the grooves wearing? Are they still the same depth that they were when I bought them? Yeah. Or have they started to wear in? Because if they started to wear in, you can get these things regrooved, yes, but you might be better off, you know, just yeah. getting you know getting new wedges and upgrading that technology because like even the wedges i switched i used uh 
Um, you know, I was a Cleveland 588 wedge for most of my my early golf uh, years. Uh, then I switched and I used tailor-made wedges for a while um, uh, with the uh, had ones with the copper uh, copper face on yep. them and um, and then I used Nike wedges for a while and and you know and now I'm using different wedges again um, but the technology of those wedges has changed mm-hmm. um, you know that that for wedges anyway now obviously you know the other things with drivers and fairway yeah. woods and stuff it's technology it's comfort it's uh, you know it's fitting um, mm-hmm. But yeah, the, uh, yeah, the wedges are you know there's there's something that you know as you mentioned uh, they tend to to change the fastest, but they're it's also not noticeable. It's like watching a kid grow. Mm-hmm. You don't notice that gradually. You know the same shot that used to stop at ten feet now runs out to eighteen feet, mm-hmm. and that changes your proximity to the hole of what you can do for the shots. We also don't tend to notice unless you're on a launch monitor or something all the time. You don't tend to notice that you know. Um, the golf club doesn't have that friction that your launch starts to get a little bit higher shots start to get a little balloonier especially when you're hitting little pitches and shots around the green if you start to see them run out more and launch a little bit higher you're starting to lose friction with your wedges uh and and that's sort of important uh, and as you said you know if you lose that volume of the groove volume where it can't you know, get rid of the the moisture and the grass and stuff that's between the ball and the face, you lose the friction that's in there. So uh, the club that you'll probably have to change the most will probably whatever one that you use within the sand, because you have to have, remember that that's providing a little bit of a grit factor that's there and will tend to wear that face a little bit more. Um, it might be the club that you also practice with the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you tend to hit a certain club a little bit more on the practice range, that could be a particular iron or a wedge for an example, you'll see that kind of, you know, wear a little bit faster, but be very wary about it. Again, I know it's a subtle change, but try and get some comparisons in there. I mean, go into the pro shop and and get a demo wedge and hit it compared to yours and see how the golf ball reacts. Um, You know, if it's markedly different, markedly different, um, then obviously you might have to look at at something and changing and and getting a new wedge that's in there. Um, So that's an important thing with that. You know, you were mentioned as far as other clubs from a fitting perspective, Irons tend to stay in the bag the longest. Uh, again, you know, you look at those grooves, um, have them checked, lie angle changes. Again, those things could change as far as what you do and, and, and how you uh, play the game. You know, some of the softer heads right now, you know, they'll, they'll tend to, the lies will change a bit, lofts will change a bit. That's not, you don't have to necessarily get a new club, you know, to replace that. You just might need some adjustments. You don't have to throw them out that way. Right. I mean, but fit, is, fitting on those irons is important too, because right. you, they may stay in your bag the longest, but we don't get any younger. And, no. you know, we, we do tend to slow down a little bit and be, mm-hmm. you know, maybe not right. as you, strong. You change, you change as well, right? Yeah. 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 yeah, so you might not need the shaft that might be in your irons at one mm-hmm. point. It might have been a steel shaft. It might have been, a, you know, a dynamic gold X100. And mm-hmm. and now you're not swinging quite as fast. If you're not swinging mm-hmm. quite as fast, you're not going to get the performance out of that iron mm-hmm. the way you did when you were swinging fast enough to handle an X100. Maybe you need, a, um, you know, a stiffer, a less stiff shaft, or maybe you need yeah. a regular flexor, a senior flexor, whatever, but you still like the irons. And there's lots of people like that. They like their irons. They don't want to change them. Well, you do have to take a look at the shaft and it might be 
less expensive to change the shafts in your clubs in some cases it might be more expensive but if you really like yeah. them that's yeah. a part of the fitting process that yeah you can get your clubs refit yeah. you don't necessarily have to always get fit right. for new clubs but you can right. get them refit and yeah. then they're going to perform for you the way you're accustomed to them performing for you same thing with a driver or a fairway wood is you might just want to change something small about them um, to be able to still use them or maybe you do want to change the technology too because it does yeah. make a difference in, in to an extent you know, to a great extent for some people, the technology mm -hmm. changes in golf equipment in the last five years, the last 10 mm -hmm. years is, is extraordinary. So you can't, you can't just shove that to the side and think it doesn't make a difference. No, not at all. I mean, the engineers are, are working hard every year to try to improve the equipment. I mean, they are incremental changes. People have to understand that, that they, they sometimes might, might not be noticeable in a single generation of a product, although they could be. Um, it could be a case of all of a sudden the sound is quite different. Um, the center of gravity location is different. I mean, again, that brings in the fitting aspect that's in there. Generally with drivers, I mean, you're going to see probably three to four generations where you'll see a massive change, something that's really, really noticeable. Mm -hmm. If you're a better player, you might see it in, in less than that. Uh, but again, it really comes down to early in the season inspect your golf clubs have a look at them make sure there's no cracks and stuff in them because that's one things as well you know when we're dealing with super thin material yeah we've talked about clubs you know breaking all sorts of stuff uh you know before but um, i couldn't have inspected that wedge it was underneath no, the no, no 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 but but when we're yeah go back and uh, listen to the last podcast people if you want to find out what we're talking about there um but you know because it's super thin material of this the titanium that's used in in driver heads right now um yeah they're prone to have occasional failures so ha make sure you inspect that inspect your your the shafts as well those could play a factor in why you need to change as well and on top of that there still is the thing of just change for the sake of change i mean if you've got the budget to do it and you want to do it there's nothing wrong with it as long as again it, you're doing it but making sure that they still fit you properly because uh, as we said dynamic lofts change you change you get slower you, you change the conditions that do deliver a lot of different things that are in there so um one other thing as well you know you mentioned about the the putter and you know you've had a putter in there for a, a long while again you know you could change the golf courses that you could play at on a regular basis and you go into a golf course with different green speeds you might need a different loft configuration um you have maybe you start to have distance control issues you can change the kind of putter that you use to see what your output speed is and how that varies a little bit there is a smash factor with putters just like anything else maybe you need something with a softer face a firmer face just to match up with your tendencies as they tend to be right now and when i say that it's not on one putt don't don't judge everything on one putt or two putts or whatever no. you want to you want a long trend that you see happening to make a change and you can work with a pga professional with that um your eyesight may change so things like alignment issues may may change as far as how you as you as you uh, hold your glasses there <laughs> uh you know how you align the putter and how you see it uh could change which could which could lead to a different hosel configuration so that you can line up a, a putter head properly a lot of different factors here that come into play that are more than just seeing the latest commercial and going in and, and grabbing something. So, you know, those are just some quick points. I mean, if anybody wants to reach out over, you know, social media, uh, you know, at Flagstick on 
Twitter or Flex at Golf on Instagram. If you have questions about that, certainly we can try to address them. And, you know, again, this could be an endless issue. And I'm, I'm certainly sure over the years we'll probably, uh, mm. you know, uh, address these more and more. No question. No question. And, and one last thing with respect to getting new clubs is we talked about, you know, new clubs, wear marks, shafts, possibly. Um, if you do play a lot of golf, uh, and even if you don't play a lot of golf, change your grips a little more regularly. Um, I thought you're, I thought you're going to say change your head cover, which we could get to oh, as well. But <laughs> change your head cover, go to flagstick.com shameless plug and get one of the limited edition flagstick head covers. They're, yeah. they're really cool. Uh, made of the, uh, the, um, uh, PU leather head yep. covers, really nice blue. They're great. They're awesome. They're awesome. They're really nice and uh, and they're they're not overly expensive. I think we've got them up there right now at twenty nine ninety five, uh, plus shipping. Okay. Um and um and we'll get one out to you. We have them in we have them in stock. Uh, there's not a ton of them, so make sure you get one before they're gone. Yep. Um, get some, put them away for Christmas presents. You know, Father's Day is coming up this weekend. I don't know that if you ordered it today that I can get it out to you that quick. I can certainly try. Yeah. Um, but uh, take a picture of it, put it in an envelope, tell dad that it'll be there as soon as it can get there. So, but awesome. go to flagstick.com. You can actually order. We've got online uh, store set up now. You can online order it on or buy it online, not order it, buy it online. Right. Yeah. Uh, right away. Um, well, that was a show and a half. Yeah. Um, we, well, we prom we promised not to, uh, you know, maybe take that big of a break, but, uh, you know, it might happen or whatever, but there was a lot to pack in there for the week. And, uh, yes. certainly, you know, with our Canadian championship on and, and you can expect some, some big ones, uh, later on, even in the summer, we didn't even talk about the CP and all no. the things that are going to happen with that. Uh, spent some time with, uh, Ryan Paul, a little bit, the uh, tournament director and got some tidbits on that. So maybe we'll leave that for the next show. Okay. And talk about some of the things that are, uh, we also got a cool interview that you did with, uh, uh, oh, yeah, PGA Sport. of Canada, PGA of Canada president. Yep. Gord Percy. Uh, Gord Percy, uh, who we've both known for a very, 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 very long time. Great yep. guy. Uh, Scott had a chance to sit down and do an interview with him. We have that interview and, uh, I think we'll probably use that next week. Yeah, sounds um, good. Uh, we don't want to hang on to it too long. It's it's a good interview, and I think people will get a, 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 a good kick out of listening to that. So we'll probably have that sure. on the show for next week. Yep. But as for this week, mm -hmm. we're done. Yep. We are yep. done, and we're out. Um, as always, we got to thank our sponsors because without them, we can't do this podcast because it takes money to uh, to do something this professional, and uh, <laughs> we uh, we need uh, we need sponsors. So thank you, Metcalf Golf Club. Golf Sim Gurus, Greensmere Golf and Country Club, Kevin Haim Golf School, and yes, our title sponsor, presenting sponsor, TaylorMade Golf Canada. Check out the new stealth line of golf equipment, TaylorMadeGolf.ca, and welcome to the Carbon Wood Age. Well, I certainly, uh, judging from the downloads and the the views and the uh, of the podcast, I know we're, I know you're enjoying it. I know you're enjoying listening to it and uh, and watching. Uh, be sure to follow everything that we're doing uh, flagstick related uh, on social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Audible and Apple podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, like us, click the notification bell to make sure you never miss a single episode. And on that note with YouTube next week's podcast, we are going to announce a contest. 
Ooh. We want to get more subscribers to our YouTube right. channel, and we are going to announce a subscriber contest for like our it. YouTube channel. So you're definitely going to have to tune in next week to listen to that and subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, hop over to flagstick.com. Great, amazing golf content is delivered to that web, to our website every single day for you. And um, that's about all I got. We do appreciate you listening. And as always, uh, we love to hear that you're tuning in. Until next week, I am Jeff Potter. And I'm Scott McLeod. Always remember, go for the stick.